Welcome, everyone, to Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Cleansing Protection Magic, Binaural production engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Victoria Pendragon. And she just released a new book called Being in Your Body. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ah, my <laughs> pleasure. One small, one small correction. It's being in a body. Oh. I mean, one does assume that you're in your body, but. <laughs> how, how, do, how do I know this is my body, though? What? <laughs> I mean, what if I was given the wrong body? I think I think you broke up a little bit. I didn't quite oh. hear that last time. How do I know this is my body? How do you know that's your body? Yeah. That you're, that you're in? Mm-hmm. I would have to say, I guess most people just take that for granted. <laughs> Though it's not necessarily the case because, I mean, walk-ins, after all. Walk-ins are, I suppose, technically speaking, not in their own bodies. That's true. Or, or yeah, because they're in somebody else's body, which would technically be my body if yes. I had to walk in. Yeah, could be. And I am a walk-in. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I have been, I walked into this body 74 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's my body by now. <laughs> Just like squatter's rights. <laughs> Why do we even need a body, you think? Well, because because I think we live in a physical realm. We live in this physical realm where everything is, in fact, visible and palpable, the trees and the, and the bushes. And so just to fit in, we, we would have a body. But heavens knows, I'm sure, there are countless spirits wandering this earth that we don't see. Yeah, absolutely. And then certainly there are people who tap into those spirits. You know, there are people who can talk to them mm-hmm. and connect with them. Um, so they're here and perhaps they cannot take physical form or perhaps they choose to not take physical form. I could certainly understand choosing not to take physical form. Mm, I'd, I'd have a blast if I were invisible. <laughs> me too. Uh, sometimes having a body can be a real pain. Literally. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, any of the disease, well, the the disease that I had from 1988 to 1992 um, was supposed to kill me. And it was, I wanted, I wanted to die. It was so painful. It was just beyond imagining. There was not a part of my body, inside or out. It was not in a massive amount of pain. And, you know, that's that's when not having a body feels, 
looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only, frankly, the only reason that I didn't um, attempt suicide was I was afraid I would make things worse if I messed up. And so that's, that's the only reason I'm sitting here. <laughs> I kind of know that feeling. Though. Like I, I, I've gone through periods in my life, not as because of my body, but where I've just like, man, this list isn't worth it. But then I think about like, well, if I kill myself, then I might have to do this whole thing all over again. And <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I just don't want and to. And karma's do a thing. <laughs> so, so why not just get it over with? Worst case scenario, yeah. they got to suffer for another 40 years or so, and <laughs> nature will take care of it. And if you're lucky, I was lucky, I think. I, um, I mean, I had the childhood from hell, which is what allowed me to get into this whole um, business of working with your body and um but the last hmm, the last 12 years of my life and i would have to imagine the rest of it have been what people call heaven on earth i could not have imagined because i had never experienced Mm -hmm. real joy or real um like heartfelt pleasure in my life until I was able to shed all the programming that my body was carrying from childhood abuse. And that's how I got into writing the books in the first place, all the sleep magic books, which came first. And then this final one, um, Being in a Body, because um, my body taught me how to work with, I'm going to say her, because I am in a female body. Now, certainly there are male spirit energy beings that are in female bodies and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, I happen to be a female energy in a female body. And, and so she, she is, she is an aspect that exists. She is a very real thing. I could come and go. The, 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 the aspect of me that is this uh, eternal being, it comes back and comes back and comes back. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what karma is. It's your spirit slash soul aspect, whatever you call it. And I don't pretend, I hate to give words to these things, but you have to, to speak about them. <laughs> but I always feel like words are, are, are limiting. Are. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, in, in a sense, I don't real. I don't know what this thing is. I'm going to pin this name on it so I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so this soul spirit being that inhabits this body came into this body when I was six months old. And I found out about it when I was about five years old. But I didn't understand it at five years old. It wasn't until I was in my... I'm going to go with 50s that I heard about walk-ins. And this person, she she was one of my clients at the time. I was doing um, depossession work, which I really didn't like, but I was called to do it. And she came into my house to visit me one day and she tosses this thing in my lap and it was called walk-ins for evolution. And 
She said, you might want to look at that. So I did. And I read it while she stood there. And I looked up at her and I go, I'm a walk-in. Because I had never known until that moment what, why the thing, why what had happened to me when I was five years old had happened to me. And what happened to me when I was five years old was I was playing out in my log cabin in the backyard. And all of a sudden I got kind of a message. And the message said, go inside, go up to your bedroom, get all your stuffed animals and dolls, bring them outside, line them up on the hill. We're having a birthday party. It's our birthday. And I'm like, it's our birthday. Okay. So I did exactly what I was told. And, and I took note of the date. And for me, that became my birthday. But it wasn't until I was, until she tossed me this pamphlet when I understood why that was my birthday. And the fact that, in fact, I was a walk-in. And at that point, I thought, well, when did I walk in? And I need to, to figure this out. And I did the work on that with a pendulum. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a blind pendulum, so I don't know what the answers are going to be, you know, might be, because the cards are upside down. I have a series of eight cards, or yes, or no. I use the pendulum over the turned over cards. And, and via that, I discovered that this walk-in experience had occurred when I was about six months old, maybe seven months old, when I was being used as a guinea pig. Um, and I was living in an incubator. And for some amount of months, I don't know how long. Um, it was back in 1947. And at the time, there was no cure for tuberculosis. So all the babies that got tuberculosis, and I got tuberculosis because my mother was a pathologist and she picked it up in the morgue (laughs) and she gave it to me. And the only cure for it was if you were a grown up, you went and took what they called the rest cure, um, which meant that you went to some kind of a spa place and you just basically rested. You just laid around until the disease went away or you died, one or the other. And, but the babies are like, oh, these puppies aren't gonna live. We'll use them for guinea pigs. And so there was a whole room full of babies in incubators and I was one of them. And the back of my head is as flat as a board (laughs) from laying in the incubator for so long. So I don't know how long I was there, but it was a while. And I got the good drugs, but that's also when the walk-in happened. Hmm. Whatever spirit being was in this body which is, who is now in, in another body, and, and I've met her. Um, this wasn't the life that they wanted to live. And so I apparently decided to jump in. And so that's, that's how I got to, in the first place, have, I think, ingrained in me this sense and this knowing that we are not just as simple as we appear to be. We are not a thing. We are a consciousness that resides within a physical body. And that consciousness is not necessarily of that body. (laughs) Usually it is, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily. But I think for me, that distance helped me. um, That, you know, that being a walk-in helped me to be more conscious of the fact that I, I, Victoria, am not my body. And the thing is, though, 
This, and this is the challenge of life. The essence of the person, I'll call that spirit soul thing essence, just because it's sort of uh, not spiritual. Yeah. Um, it's a neutral term. This essence comes in carrying all the karma that it carries from the many lifetimes that it has lived. And whatever it's resolved, it's resolved. Whatever it's unresolved, it brings to that body. So here is this essence of the person. And here's this body that it's in. The physical body never forgets anything in its lifetime that it experienced, not anything, because it is an animal thing. Physical body is an animal creature, just like any other warm-blooded beast. Mm -hmm. And the, there is one thing that is the most important thing to a warm-blooded beast, and that is survival. Consequently, the body remembers everything because in order to survive, you have to remember, oh, that thing over there, that made me sick. You know, that thing over there, that hurt me. And as children, we humans, we take all this in. The body takes all this in. And the body remembers all the stuff. It remembers the good stuff. It remembers the bad stuff. This is why it is said, and it is true, that we attract to us what we carry within us. Because we are, the cells of our body are, in every sense of the word, programmed by the experiences that they went through, as a especially as an infant and child. Because as an adult, you can push back to some degree against things that happen. But when you are a child, you can't. You don't have a choice. So let's say you're an infant and you're 10 months old and you're in a crib, basically, and your parents are beating the crap out of each other in the next room. And there's wailing and there's all that's in that child. All that, that's energy. That just goes right through the walls. You don't have to be in, <laughs> you could be downstairs doing it. That's energy. And that energy is information. And that information is programming the cells of that person's body. The likelihood that that person may in later life attract someone to them who is um, contentious and, and likes to fight verbally, maybe. That chance of that happening, it's, it's almost 100%. Because that's what that body knows and knows how to deal with. They learn, I can handle this. I know this. So it's not a good thing. No. Like, it's what, 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 like what if your body like knows how to handle this, but but my brain is like, no. <laughs> no. Or my, <laughs> my or my essence is like, uh-uh, this is <laughs> I want something better than this. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the issue. That's why um I am in retrospect, I look back and I go, okay, so that's why I had this horrible illness that, you know, made me so sick and crippled my hands and put me through hell for like four years was so that I could begin that. It was like, it was a school. It was like, now you're learning, you're learning. And I got, and I, and I received this information in sleep about how to handle this, how to let go of these things about the fact that, that my body was carrying all this information. And I, at the time, was uh, when I got 
through the worst of the disease process and was out in the world functioning as a hands-on healer then, shamanic kind of a hands-on healer. And because all of the people that I had worked with had said, you're a healer, you're a healer, you're a healer. Well, what did I know? <laughs> really, I was, there was no cure for the disease. Um, so I was working with people who were alternative healers because mm. I was alternatively sick. And I got, I went and I, I practiced that. But when I was asleep one night, I got this voice and the voice told me, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to be teaching people to do. And I thought, okay, well, I will try it because why not? And I did, I taught my, everyone that was coming to see me for physical hands-on healing, I taught them this technique to use. Most importantly to me, I used it on myself and my life began to change slowly. It was, it was definitely slowly. I was in that, this all occurred, this, um, the voice and the, the aspect of me as a healer occurred during my second marriage. And I was married to a man that was, um, I, I want to say abusive, but I don't mean like he beat me up. He didn't beat me up. But he felt that I was his possession to be used on an as-needed basis, I'll put it that way. And so he, he disrespected who I was as a human being. Well, that wasn't a surprise because <laughs> as a child, I had been exceedingly disrespected as a human being. I had, I had endured um, a childhood of, of trafficking and also at home of incest. So my body, what my body knew about me was that I was an object, in a sense, to be used sexually. That's who I was. Consequently, my first marriage fell apart because I was still in that mode. I was out there acting like, you know, a slut, <laughs> put it that way. And th th this is no way to have, have a marriage that it felt it, that it went to pieces. Um, I lost my children, which my heart is still struggling with. Um, I, it's not that I don't have any contact with them. I have contact with one. Um, but just the fact that it happened as a, as a parent to be cut off from your children, to cut yourself off from your children, that's, it's inconceivable that you do that. But I did that. I had to get me away from them for their sake. <laughs> um, and and in, in retrospect, I think it was a good decision for them. And frankly, the only thing I could do, but here I was now in this second marriage, my first husband was a very nice man. I couldn't live with that. I acted out what was in my cells right. and did bad things. Um, so the second marriage, bad marriage but that's what I was I was like okay this 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 feels right this feels good this is what I remember as a child being badly treated so <laughs> I was in that marriage that marriage lasted almost twice as long as the first one hmm. um, but ultimately after I started using 
what my body had taught me, it became more and more apparent to me what I had done to myself. And that I had, in a sense, trapped myself in this marriage because of what I was carrying. Once I started throwing that off, and once I started working with my body, listening to what my body was feeding me back, because this is very much about, when I say listen, probably I should say feel. Um, I don't know a better way to say it than listen, but it's because the body, the body's language is feelings. The body, your brain is an aspect of your body. Your brain manufactures this mind, but the, the body is a feeling thing. It's not, a, it's not a thinking thing. And so all of its information that it has for you is in feelings. So for instance, I would, I would say to my body before I went to sleep, I know that you remember when we were six, seven months old and, and, and living in a little, a little incubator all the time with, with no one to hold us and, and love us. And I know you remember that. And I want, to, I want to give you permission to just let that go if it feels right to you to let go. If you would rather make room for something else better, you can let that go and something better can come in. And essentially, you're having a conversation with your body. But you are giving the body permission because as this essence, spirit slash soul being, your connections go much farther and wider than those of the body. There's more of a, a nuanced intelligence at that level of being than there is for the body, which is an animal creature. So you have to, the body is here in service of that essence. It is your job to care for that body because it, it is in essence just an animal creature. And so you and so your body's going to do what it thinks it needs to do. And the first thing it thinks it needs to do is remember every horrible thing that happens to it so it doesn't happen again or so it's prepared for when it happens. And that very preparedness is part of the problem. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so then you have to work with your body to to kind of take baby steps away from what it knows. Because it's it's not going to feel safe unless you're feeling safe. And so you as as you move slowly out of this, slowly slowly the things fall away. I guess I had been doing it about for 4 years or 5 years. I had been using the technique with my body. It's very slow because it is very slow. You can, the body's not going to want to just ditch everything all at once. It just doesn't. Um, and you, you can tell by what's in your life, what, what your body's holding on to. <laughs> so you just work. You work slowly with the body. And eventually, in five years, I got to a, a place where I was like, okay, this is it. I think the, what had put me over the edge? Well, there were a couple things. Yeah, my husband began to behave badly. Um, he had uh, got, developed a crush on a young young woman, um, and was writing her emails. and And her husband was irritated and told 
him just like literally contacted him like stop bothering my wife and wasn't stopping bothering her and all this he was acting just very badly and I am an artist and I had a painting that I had made that was of my belly and, and, I, and I, I did it by putting paint on my belly and putting and laying down on the canvas so I made this big belly imprint and then I would put all sorts of, um, oh, like, like you have these chakra signs hanging on your wall there. Mm -hmm. I put, you know, signs like that, stars and nice things around this belly. And the painting was about honoring this place that, you know, where I carried my children and, and, and that sort of thing, which now, of course, once you've carried children, your belly doesn't look like it used to when you were 16. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of women <laughs> feel badly about their bodies. And I wanted... To feel good and I wanted them to feel good so I had made this painting and one day I came home to find that he had taken a paintbrush and painted red paint just all over this belly painting of that I had made there was no undoing it and that was it that was the switch that flipped at some level of recognition that was beneath my consciousness that said this man would wipe you out of existence if he felt like it you know if you're not doing if you're not playing your role you're not wanted mm. and I thought you know what I'm out and I started making plans for getting out and did pretty rapidly good and I, I thought to myself I'm gonna go I'm going to live all by myself. It, it, it'll be one. I've, I've not done that. I mean, I'd been in a marriage for hmm, 23, 43, like 40-some years. I'd been married to someone. And I I went and I and I did live all by myself. And I, I was in heaven. I just had the best time. And I was just on my own. I had, I had turned sleep magic into a thing by then. So I, was, I had clients that I was working with. I was mentoring in the process so they could learn how to do it. And um, I was doing okay. I had a long distance job that I was doing and, and it went well. And then 2008 hit and all the business just crashed. <laughs> and I lost the job that I had. So I had, I had to move to someplace closer to where I could find work. And I, I did that because it makes sense to do that. And it was then that, it, it was during that period of time that I met the man that I'm now married to. This is my third marriage. I, I, <laughs> I knew I had healed when I attracted this particular man to attention because I have never, actually, I, I, I've met very few men, if, if I've met any, that are as kind, generous, compassionate, giving, loving as this man is. And to me, that was, that was, that was like my, my badge of honor. It's like, I did it. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I cleared the stuff out because look what I've attracted. <laughs> and and it's, it's been heaven for the last 14 years, 
12 years. I don't know how long it's been, but it's, it's been a while. And it's, it's lovely beyond imagining. Wow. And that's because I did the work. <laughs> I managed, I worked with my body on her terms, slowly, gently. And what I would do was, let's say I would, I would say, okay, I know that you remember back in the day when we, you know, experienced this particular thing. And I know that you're still holding on to that information. And I want to give you permission tonight to just let that piece go. You can, I, it's, it's beyond useful for us at this point. You can let that go. And I will thank you for that if you can do that. Mm. When you awake in the morning, generally speaking, there will be a, a feeling. Again, because the body's language is feeling. So there's a feeling of relief. There's a feeling it's sometimes, it, it, for me, it's not all that subtle, but then I'm very much in tune with my body by now. But in the beginning, it, it might be kind of subtle for people, that feeling. Or they might even have dreams that related directly to what they've presented their body with. And in that case, the, the dream might be a bad dream, but it, and, and it might not. It might be a good dream. But either way, you know your body got the message. If there's a dream and it, it's got any facet of that in it, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> body's got that. Now, it's a simple thing, but you can do it. And it, it, only, it only addresses maybe you know, a fraction of anything at a time. I had a history of... Oh golly! Over forty years when I when when it came to me, so I had just I can't even just countless things that had to be let go of for various reasons. You know things that things that were like at school with the with kids tormenting me, uh, you know with being trafficked, all the different men that you know were there for that. All, you know, just one thing after another. So there are a lot of things. This is like. Um, Mm. it's like unbuilding a Lego thing. <laughs> it's like if your life was built up of Legos, you're starting at the top and you're taking off Lego, 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 mm -hmm. Lego. So it's slow going at first, but the thing is it builds on itself. And the more you work with your body, the more the body trusts you because at some level, like let's say the worst stuff happened to you when you were a kid. You're like, you know, up to maybe 10 or 12 years old. Well, you didn't have a choice then. You're 35 and you're making bad decisions. You have a choice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, a mental choice. You don't, have, in a sense, you don't have a choice because you've been programmed. But you, you could not do that, technically speaking. Um, so the body is not, the body has to learn to trust you again. If you've behaved very badly, I had behaved very bad. So my body had to learn to trust me. So it took some time. I began my process in with sleep magic in whatever it was. Golly, I don't know. But it was, as I said, it was about four or five years before I had had enough uh, built up enough to leave that marriage. Right. Um, 
And so it, it's it's a slow process, but it is, I want to say, it, it expands each time, it grows each time exponentially. The results grow and your life just gets better and better and better in way. I, if you had ever told me I'm living the life that I'm living now, if you had told me that 20 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it is just remarkable. It just takes patience, really. And, and not lying to yourself. Because a lot of the things that you're presented with, particularly if um, sexual abuse is part of, of your, your, your issue, and it was childhood sexual abuse, a lot of what was presented to you as a child was presented, you know, in, in ways that were apparently loving, you know, to try and convince you. I mean, not for some people, no, but for mm -hmm. other people, yes. Like my father literally engaged me in a romantic relationship. He, he seduced me in essence. I was, I was like five, but it really sinks in when you're five. Um, so that kind of thing, that's subtle. It's subtle. It's nasty. It just clings to you because love is attached to it or what you thought was love. And that screws up your relationship with love later on as well. So there are, it, it, it's like, hmm, I'm trying to think what it, it, what it would be like if you're, what do they call detailing a car, hmm. you know, is, is nothing by comparison to detailing your psyche. Wow. <laughs> Hmm. That's like, you know, those wire brushes that you clean things with mm -hmm. and if stuff gets into those wire brushes, it's hard to get out. You have to work to get it out because they're, 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 they're tight. They're close, but that's a little what it's like. Hmm. So you need that the kind of patience that it takes to do that, but what, it's good. What, what do you do though? If you're not, if you don't know what memories your body is holding, like say you don't Good remember question. those traumas that you may have experienced as a child, it's just, it's there, but it's maybe like blacked out somehow. Yeah, no, that's a very good question because a, 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 I, I used to leave my body regularly um, and, and other people do that too. I disassociated and what you can do, the way you can address that is, is to say to your body, literally, I have a suspicion that you know something that I'm unaware of. And if you have any feelings around it, you can express those. Mm -hmm. But again, the body will know right away because mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be giving it permission to address a feeling and that's its language. It may not be yours. But when you say to the body, I know that you're, I, I, I have a suspicion, or you know, maybe you know. Um, either way, you can start with, I have a suspicion if you're not certain. And say, I have a suspicion because I've, let's say, let's say I've been attracting to me the worst people lately. It just seems like people are trying to screw me over. And I have a suspicion that we might be holding, you might be holding on to something. Sometime in our past, where, where perhaps we were taught that, that we're meant to be screwed over. And, and you, you don't have to hold on to that anymore. You have my permission to 
address whatever that is and, and just let it go. So you don't have to know exactly. If your life sucks, <laughs> <laughs> you can pretty much see that. And you may not know why it sucks, but your body will. So if you can say, you know, I, today I had that horrible guy at work ream me out again for something I didn't do. And I know that we must be carrying around something that caused that. And I want you to know that that's, that's something that we'd be better off without. Have my permission to let it go because I will, I will ensure that we are with good people as, to the extent that I can. Mm-hmm. One of the things you want to do is to reassure your body all the time. And ideally, when you're talking with your body, you you speak in, how to say this, you try and avoid saying not this or not that or never, because the body doesn't know what isn't. That's why I, that's why I would sort of phrase like, if you don't know something happened, rather than saying, I don't know if this really happened, you say, I suspect that something happened rather than saying, I don't know if this really happened because if you don't know, it doesn't know either. But if you suspect something and there's a seed there, the body will catch that. And it, it, but you can't, you don't, you don't want to tell your body that you don't want it to do something. Don't, don't do this. Don't go there. You always have to figure out a way to turn it around so that you're speaking in positives. Mm-hmm that something happened to us that was less than good or something happened to us that was bad as opposed to just uh, something I don't want to have happen again. I, I don't want to have happen again. That, that's, that's going two places. It's going into the future and it's saying you don't want something. And the, the body doesn't know about that because the body is just fully present. Mm-hmm. It's here. It's in the now. It knows what is. If you can present it with what was, that it will recognize, good, it's carrying that. Because what was also is <laughs> within your body <laughs> until it isn't. <laughs> Interesting. You know, I've done um, a few episodes on, um, I guess it's called like sleep or, or dream incubation, where you kind of plant a seed in your mind before going to sleep. And also, I recently took a remote viewing course. And one of the part things in the course that he, he talked about was, was that same idea of, of putting an idea in before you go to sleep because then it's going to travel through all these levels of consciousness too. And you can get answers that way or healing through that. Um, through you know, because you're going like you know, like like your conscious to your subconscious, super conscious, and and I mean I don't know what happens after that, but there's something, you know, um, and then when you wake up, it you know it goes back through all those layers back into the body. Um, yes, I, I I know about dream incubation, um, and it is. If your body is clear enough to be able to accept it, it's fabulous. But if you have things standing in your way, for instance, if somebody, let's say somebody's trying that and they're not getting good results, mm-hmm. chances are that the body is harboring something that won't allow them those results because it's dangerous to them. So what is the difference between dream incubation and dream magic? 
Oh, it's uh, it well it in sleep magic. It's not it's not technically about dreams at all. Mm-hmm. You may not have any dreams. It's it is sleep magic is about letting go of things that are less than desirable. Things <laughs> that may be standing. <laughs> <laughs> things that are standing in your way. If again, if you have a suspicion because you've been attracting Let's say, let's say, for instance, you have um, you put an ad in the paper. You want somebody to help you with your business, and you're just getting like one kind of a jerk after the other showing up for this job. You might take into your body saying, "You know, I I, I seem to be attracting a lot of jerks," and perhaps we're holding on to something. Perhaps you're holding on to something that is telling us that all we deserve in life is jerks. And if that's the case, please know that you can let that go. So it's a, it's a very different thing. This is very this is not this is not like this is not like dream incubation to to elaborate on something. Mm-hmm. This is more about letting go of something. The dream incubation is about building on something. Right. It's, so, it's a good technique, but it doesn't do the same thing. Right. In a way it makes sense to me that you would want to let go of things anyway before even building anything. Because well, you probably would have to. <laughs> if it wait, for instance, dream incubation wasn't working for mm-hmm. you. If you're like, okay, why is this not working? Well, <laughs> sleep magic steps in and can can clear the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like uh it's like building a house. You need to clear the land first before being able to build. So you gotta get rid of yes. all the all the crap. That is a great way to put it. I like that. I'll use that. <laughs> I'll give you credit. <laughs> no, I don't need credit. <laughs> I'm sure someone else yeah, has also good. thought of it. Or <laughs> sometimes I don't even think my thoughts are really my own thoughts anyway. So. <laughs> oh, I understand that. I understand that. That's cool. Um, so when, when talking with the body, um, you know, you mentioned like, like we have to be careful about how we direct it. Like we don't tell the body not to do this, not to do that. Um, but I imagine too, it might go the other way. Like you don't want to tell the body to do this and to do that because if you're telling it to do something, then on the opposite end, there's still that not thing. No, the, the way that, that I approach my body and the way that I that I ha- usually when I'm working with mentoring people I tell them that the, the phrase I usually use is after presenting my issue if there are any adjustments that you can make that seem correct to you and feel good please go ahead and make them. so you're just so giving, I'm not telling my body what to do, to do I'm saying, what it needs to do yeah yeah if this if this feels correct to you and right to you, yeah, I would never presume to tell it what to do. I'm asking mm-hmm. for her help, and and I want to make sure that she's comfortable with that, because it could be sometimes that there are things she's holding onto that are pretty damned unpleasant, but for, for whatever reason, she feels she needs to hold on to that, and I would never want to take that away. Bodies are usually smarter about life than we are. <laughs> and just because we're not 
content with our circumstances um, doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have something to learn from them, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I suppose. But sometimes I get tired of just learning. I, just want, to, oh. I want to have fun. I don't want to do any more just learning. <laughs> <laughs> do, do try to work that in. It's critical. <laughs> And I know one important thing to remember is that the only um, the only person you can affect with this and the only person you should ever try to affect with is yourself. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, for instance, let's say, let's say I've grown tired of my husband getting into accidents where he damn near kills himself. I can't go into my body and say, you know, make whatever changes you need to make so that, you know, so that. So that he's not trying to kill himself all the time. Mm, that's not going to work. Now I could go in and say, okay, is there something in us perhaps that's causing this behavior? And if there is, maybe you could let me, maybe you could let me know about it in a dream, or maybe you could just let go of it. <laughs> so you can't, you can't ever try to affect anybody else is my point. You can only deal with you and your responses to other people. Hmm. So I'm going to give this a try because I want to tell my body to um, do what it needs to do to help me have healthier relationships and attract healthier people. That is a very um, good fundamental way to start. Yeah, and it, and and the word and the words sound good, mm -hmm. you know. And as long as you're as long as you're your relationship with this body is a partnership. You're not in charge and your body's not in charge. It's a working relation. It, it in itself is a relationship. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you might want to lay groundwork if it's you're just beginning this. And if this is about relationships, you might want to first on the first night say to your body, you know, I know we were listening to Victoria talking about this, <laughs> this sleep magic stuff. You know, maybe you'd be interested in that and just give your body a chance to digest because literally that's what it does with information, not just food. It digests information. So give your body a chance to digest that idea and see how you feel when you wake up in the morning. Hmm. See if you feel better or good or, 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 or weird. <laughs> and if you feel weird, you go back in again and you say, okay, you know, I asked you that last night and I woke up feeling pretty weird. Like, like, is it, is it, is it, is it, is this a good idea for me to do, you know, or, or, or are we together on this? Like, I want to establish a good relationship here. So I don't want to override you, you know, and, and it might take a few nights to get into it. Sometimes I just feel a little bit weird having these conversations. My body starts to feel it, you know, because <laughs> it, 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 I also, I mean, and I've always believed that, um, you know, we're, we're sort of taught that our body and mind are like these separate things, which, which is the most absurd thing in the world because it's all like this neural network, you know, and, yeah. and and even in like at a genetic level, everything that's there is there. You know, is is memorized. Is like 
what's contained them throughout my whole body is also contained in one cell of my body is what I'm trying to yes. say. Yes. Um, so to think that all these things are separate and working separate, and I'm going to deal with each one individually. I don't think that makes sense anymore. No, it, it never did. Interesting. It never did. I, I think we have um, to some degree to, to thank religion for the disconnect between the body and the, and the essence of the self, uh, because in a sense, I, I think that some people have, have taken there to be a, like the, the body is an animal thing and it's not worthy. And it's, you know, I know that the Catholic church for one has, has denigrated the, the body. I mean, it's, it, it was a, like a sin to touch yourself. And if, if there are people running around with that kind of mentality that the body itself is dirty or whatever, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to get past. And if somebody wants to get past that, sleep magic is a good place to start. Um, I think they most, most, most religion has wised up by now about that sort of thing, but there's, I think there's still a lot of it that goes on. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you think some of that comes from, you know, the story of Adam and Eve eating an apple and then having to put clothes on and cover oh, yeah. their bodies? Yeah, yeah. I'm I am I, I'm dead positive that was all just uh, what do you call it? Publicity, <laughs> promo, promo work for the mm -hmm. church. Yeah, they, they have to. The church wanted to have control over people. Yeah, and like, like like it was like step one: make people ashamed of their body. Yep, yeah, make of their very of their natural functions, even. Yeah, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this is that's very disturbing. And it's been you know what two thousand years now of this or more. <laughs> uh, and there, and there's that too, that whole religious war thing. I mean, war in itself, but religious war? That's an oxymoron. Should be. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that doesn't really ever make sense to me either. Like, why people are going to fight over something that they don't even know if it's actually real or not. And, but you're, yet, you're, you're willing to kill a real person or destroy a real city over an idea that may not be real. Correct. Yeah, that's still going on hard to believe it baffles me yeah it baffles me too and not only does it baffle me but i rather naturally believe and this is my belief that we are we are all spirits in the material world yeah it's long said <laughs> <laughs> we are spirits in the material world we just happen to have have uh, meat suits Mm hmm. Yeah, and I agree. Like I've I've had like a, a pretty hardcore out of body experience that absolutely convinced me that my consciousness will exist outside of my body, and also when I was outside of my body, I didn't have the judge. I didn't, I didn't have the suffering. Mm. You know, I was I was I was at peace just with with, with being outside of it, coming back into my body which I really didn't want to do. But for some reason, I guess I, I don't know why. I guess I had other stuff to do. Uh, <laughs> it's like back to that discomfort. And 
And, and a lot of people have had these near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences and all these things. But yet you're one of the few people that I've ever talked to that associates the discomfort with with the body rather than with something that's going on in our minds or spirit. Hmm. Well, the, the, I mean, so it's make, a body of consciousness. <laughs> the whole body is conscious. It's hard to avoid. <laughs> but it just makes mm. so much sense because there's people who have these out-of-body experience always experience so much peace. So that would, be, would obviously point to all that suffering is in, in, the, in the cells of the body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I think it could make you, if you've been badly treated in life, it could make you angry. It's the sort of thing that intellectually speaking deserves anger. Mm. Um, but in actual life, in the living of life, what should develop from a, for a person who has been badly wounded by the world um, is compassion. It's so hard sometimes. It's, it's on the license plate of my car. <laughs> it, is, it is my message, um, is compassion. Uh, and it is hard, especially for mean people. But once you know and you understand the dynamic of the fact that the things your body has taken in and learned about life are going to program you to do what was done to you, essentially, if you don't learn how to overcome that. Then you have to have compassion because so many people who are acting badly towards other people, you have to figure they've been through hell to get to that place. To become hell on earth, they had to go through hell. And that's where compassion starts. And it is freaking difficult with some people. I'll be the first to admit it. But yeah. intellectually, you can always remind yourself. If you can't get there on a feeling level, mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes you can't. I mean, there are certain people who have done things that are so horrific that, you, that emotionally you can't have compassion for them. You can't. It, you wouldn't be human if you had compassion for them, I think, or perhaps you'd be ultra human. Hmm, that's a thought. Hmm, that's an interesting. But mentally, you can tell yourself, mentally, you can know this person would not be who they are. They would not be acting the way they are if they had not endured a dreadful life hmm. themselves. So, how about like, 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 like uh, I'll be honest, like, like my situation, you know, what I'm going through now in my own life, I go through these su- extremes, like like mentally and in my heart. Like I know I have to be compassionate to some of the people that have hurt me. And then a couple hours later, I just want to smack them. And then I then I go back to like all right all right, all right this, this this smacking thing I mean this this violence thing I got you know it is it, it's, it's just this internal struggle of back and forth back and forth back and forth and I'm like man it's like is it ever going to end why can't I just stay in that compassion mode Well that you can't because it 
of the of the body and the programming. And you might what you might do. That's a thing you could take into sleep. And you could say to your body, look, I'd really like to be able to dissolve some of this uh, anger that comes up when I think about so-and-so. Um, I'd like to be able to move into a state of compassion. And if there's anything that you can do that would help me do that, you've got my blessing. Please go for it. Simple, straightforward. And it might take it might take a while to do, but I bet you, I bet that you would notice at least a drop-off. You know, because the body too is the body wants to protect you. <laughs> so there are some things you have to chip away at. But I think you'll notice, I think you'll notice as the chips fly. I think you'll notice a lessening. Do I have, does it have to take five years or can I speed up this process somehow? No, you can. I, I wouldn't, I would, don't badger the body, but <laughs> five years, no, that's too much. But I think, I think probably once a week or so is probably not bad. Mm -hmm. But I would always open in that case, once you've done the original, I would always open the next time I went to the body with the same thing. Say, I want to thank you very much for, you know, letting go of whatever you did last time, or whatever adjustments you may have made. Thanks a lot. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready if you are to do some more. Hmm. Again, you're in a relationship. Here. Is that your body? Is that why, like, um, like for example, like a, a broken heart, like when somebody dumps you or whatever, and, and, and like even though you haven't been actually been physically punched in the chest or anything. You have that sensation of like somebody standing on you almost. Oh yeah. It, it's like it's like nothing happened to my body, but yeah, I'm feeling this physical effect of some kind of emotion. Yeah. And that that is that is the body. I mean, that's I and mean, of course the the heart is in the is the, it's the whole heart chakra area. It's the heart. It's the lungs. It's the very thing that keeps us alive, mm -hmm. and that's where our emotions seem to to steep down in here um yeah you can't you, that it is physically painful and again i would stress without badgering the body <clears throat> just going back you know a little bit you know i like to time some of my stuff with the phases of the moon so that if i'm wanting <clears throat> excuse me a little <clears throat> if I'm wanting the body to let go of something, I may try to schedule it for the waning moon period because the energy then is taking away. Whereas if I'm trying to say advance or build something, I might do it when the moon is growing fuller mm -hmm. just because going with the flow is always easier than bucking it. That makes sense. So a little bit of a, a Wiccan type of thing going on there. <laughs> yeah, I've dabbled. <laughs> <laughs> but but that makes sense too, though. Like, like if you want to experience like some type of growth or abundance, you want to do it when the moon is, you know, waxing or wanting or whatever. I, I always get my terms mixed up between a waxing and wanting because they're too close Wax, together. Waxing. <laughs> Waxing is growing. Yeah, so you would want to do it when it's Wax waxing. On. <laughs> and I guess Wax when you're on. trying to let go of something, you'd want to do it when it's wanting. Like when it's... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I found that to be effective in, in lots of things. 
like even in projects, like, you know, you got to scrape paint off a house. It's going to go better if the moon's waning. (laughs) (laughs) No sense fighting the force. (laughs) I I try to avoid the housework. (laughs) My body says no. (laughs) So that's another thing. What if the body seems to be resistant, you know? Um, like, for example, again, with me, like, like I have this really bizarre, I don't know, I don't know if it's bizarre, but, but I have like this lower back injury that I've had it forever, you know, and, and, and it seems like it's just always fighting against me. Is there anything How did that you get it? Uh, stage diving at a Ramones concert? Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what I'd suggest. <laughs> I'd suggest it's one night, maybe, you know, once a month or so, just go into your body and say, you know, I I know you remember (laughs) that night (laughs) when we did. And and perhaps that was ill advised. Um, I apologize for making that error in judgment. And if you'd like to, you can cease reminding me of it by giving me pain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, really just, you're treating your body essentially like another human being. Hmm. And an apology and a thing like that is always in order. So, so you think my body's still mad at me for making that decision? Oh yes, I do. It's like, what were you thinking? Well, I thought people were, I thought people were going to catch me, actually. <laughs> you weren't thinking. <laughs> yeah, just apologize. Because even if you did, even if it's something, you, you're not meaning to hurt your body. And your body knows that. But it also knows, eh, <laughs> it wasn't paying the best attention at the time. You know, there's a, a level of... Um, Tightness always there because, again, the body doesn't forget anything. So there's always going to be this tightness there. The body can't know. What fool thing is he going to do now? So So my own body doesn't trust me. (laughs) It happens. It happens. Hmm. Well, I'll give that a try. See if it helps. What about it's worth the shot. If, if my if my body doesn't trust me for one thing that I've done many many years ago, how is it for for people that mistreat their bodies with like addictions like smoking over and over and over again? Yeah, that's that's hard. That's very hard. Um, and I don't have one on one experience with anyone. I have never had. Um, I've never mentored anyone that was dealing with those kinds of issues. I've, I have, for whatever reason, all my life, I, I just have been like drugs, alcohol is like, no, smart ever. <laughs> so it, it was more fear than anything, but I would have to imagine that you would, you're starting at the bottom with something like that. And you would just start at the bottom. And, you know, just enter, the person would have to kind of start at square one with, an, with a big apology and, 
And but you're, the one thing that the addict has is the body wants to be whole. The body wants to be healthy. So the body is probably just desperate for anything that would lead in that direction. So there's that. So the body may I, work extra hard for you to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thank my body, my body all the time anyway, just on general principles, just for just for toting around my my essence. But I think in a situation like that, yeah, regular thinking would probably be a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, because and you have to think even when the body's hurting, because you're 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 hurting it, but it's your it's your body who's hurting. Uh, it hurts. You can't be angry with the body for hurting. You know, it, it, it's what it, it's trying to get your attention. Hmm. All very logical, sensible things to try. You know, I think so. Yeah, yeah. They should have gave us an owner's manual with this thing. That's what being in a body is. It's an owner's manual. I call it that. About it online, I call it that. An owner's manual for the body. We all need one. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, earlier, like before the show, we were you, we were mentioning the poem that you wrote and how humans are almost seem like we're we're defective. Maybe it's because we're lacking the manual. <laughs> we're like we're like when you, you go. It's like when you go buy a blender and it doesn't come with the manual. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a really good thought i like that yeah <laughs> we needed a damn instruction book yeah so before we wrap it up where can my listeners find you and find uh this book your book well my books are available from ozark mountain publishing mm -hmm. um and because i i'm not i am just not a salesperson i I never, I never wanted to handle money or pack things or any of that stuff. <laughs> I felt really fortunate to find a publisher. So that's where the books come from. Meanwhile, I'm on Twitter and I do as, as me, it might be, it might just be the Pendragon because I sometimes go just by the Pen, Pendragon. Mm -hmm. um, but my Twitter, what is my Twitter? No, it's at, Transformative, T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-V, and then capital R, capital T, transformative art is what it's supposed to represent. But I am there, and I am on Facebook, and I am on LinkedIn. And, um, but the, the, the books are, are, are at Ozark. Mm -hmm. hand, they handle that. Well, I just bought the, I'm doing, I bought I'm doing, the body one before we got on. So I'm going to read it to you. I bought your book right before I logged on oh. to talk to you. So I got it on <laughs> Kindle so I can read it tonight. Oh, cool. I didn't realize. That's that's nice. I'm, I am so not technological. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forget about that option. It is. I know. I know it's available there. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning it. Oh, you're welcome. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just by the way, I am. I am also an artist, a functioning artist, and I just recently got 
my own little website called yourchartasart.com, in which I'm turning people's astrology charts into paintings, some very elaborate and some rather simple. So that I sort of both ends of the the spectrum. I might send you mine. Oh, cool. I think I have one somewhere in my email that one of my guests did for me. Well, I can do it too. I mean, I have the software because I, I use actually with the sleep magic when I'm working with my clients, I use their astrology and I use the transits um, because the, the, the astrology helps give me a good base for someone that I don't really, you know, know intimately because I've got the astrology mm-hmm. and, and then the transits are the shifting planets. So I can address things that might be happening to, for them, you know, on a daily basis. So, Astrology has been part of my life since I was a kid. That's cool. Yeah, I love it. Hmm. I love it. And then so finally, finally, they merge. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it struck me funny that like it has been. Astrology and art have both been part of my life since I was before I was in school. Hmm. And only in my 70s have they come together. Well, you'll have to send me the link to the uh, website, and I'll also put that in the notes to this episode so my listeners can, oh, okay. Thank can you. check that out. And I'll also post links to your books, too, so they can Thank purchase you. them. Uh, th- this has been a pleasure talking with you again. Thank you for coming on. It's always on. a pleasure. You're going to come visit, right? I am. I am. <laughs> I, I really want to have that experience of just being able to walk around without clothes in that field. Wait till summer. Yeah. Wait till summer. Yeah, I don't want to do it in the winter. <laughs> I'll wait till summer or spring. Just to have that connection with nature, I think might be nice. It's lovely. What else to say? Yeah. Lovely. It's cool. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has just been a delight as it has been in the past. Awesome. Well, hang on for one moment and I'm just going to play the outro. <laughs> 